This episode of Jarrett and Jarrett is powered by the WilliamMarySportsBlog.com. Go to WilliamMarySportsBlog.com, WMSportsBlog.com to check out all things William Mary athletics, uh, especially football, basketball, and women's basketball. Uh, today on the show, we bring on offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Coach Gordy Samus. He's coming to talk about you know, what's changing and William & Mary football, how he got here, and his interesting origins for UFC fighting. It's a wonderful episode. He's an extremely intelligent man, super funny, silver-tongued fox, and we're really excited to, got, to have gotten him on the show. So enjoy, and here we go. All right, so joining us today in the studio, we have the William & Mary Offensive Line Coach and Running Game Coordinator, Coach Samus. Coach, how you doing? Doing great. Appreciate y'all having me, and thank you for adding the uh, the new title. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Things a lot Don't forget it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. a little bit of clout will help. Amen. There we go. We'll take what we can get, boys. That's we'll right. Take what we can get. That's right. So just to get a, just give the fans a little bit of background of who you are and why you're William & Mary. I know you were, you were at UVA with Coach London before. Yeah, absolutely. I can run through it for you. Um Born and raised in Jersey, okay. Okay. Um, Three-sport guy back in the day, went to Immaculata High School, which is like Central Jersey. Um, now, I guess with the whole governor thing, they they have ruled that Central Jersey is a place. It's uh, no longer <laughs> north and south, because before that, no one would claim us. You know, the S South Jersey people, like the Marcus Crowells of the world, yeah, yeah, would yeah. say we're North Jersey, when really they're just, let's be honest, East Philly. That's yeah, they are yeah. Philly. And then the you know the the North Jersey people would say you're South Jersey, and you know we were all Giants fans, so kind of didn't work. But yeah, so that's where I grew up. Um, you know, obviously played football and offensive linemen, so uh, I ended up getting a full scholarship down to UVA. Ended up going south, uh, played there for five years. Um, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I loved football, so I ended up starting in grad school. Thought about the CAs, thought about the State Department mm -hmm. as a politics major. Ended up, as you guys will see, you may be seeing already there, uh, big guy, but uh, missed it a lot. Didn't really know yeah. what, what else to do with myself, yep. the structure and all that. Yep. So yeah. um, kind of got back into it. Coach high school for one semester when I thought I was going to go to law school and then ended up going back to UVA. Was just a grad student for uh, what a, a semester. So what I saw it was like to be a real student. Wow. Nothing else. <laughs> okay. Must have been, been eye-opening, seeing uh, all the free time. Well, and, and so – I know you guys had planned another segment, but we'll get into that later. But this kind of led me to the world of martial arts and all that because I was so bored and had nothing to do. Oh, so that's when it happened. So okay, I started okay. doing that because I followed, I still watched the UFC and the Pride Fighting Championship back in the day. You guys are probably too young to remember that. But so anyway, um, just randomly, um, you know, Coach London at the time was at Richmond. And I'm in grad school at UVA. The head coach, Al Groh, who was my coach, gets fired. Mm -hmm. I march into Coach Lynn. I say, I, I want to be a grad assistant. Couldn't tell you why I did it, whatever. Um, so the one thing that helped me was I was already in grad school. So I didn't have to take the GRE. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Coach Lynn hired me mm -hmm. and uh, did that for two years. And I've been in it ever since. So uh, coached the tight end year two. Then I was at Columbia living in New York City for three years. Uh, we got fired there. That's the name of the ah, game. Man. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough where I had made a good enough name for myself where uh, the O-line coach at the time, Scott Walkenheim, um, got the VMI head job, called me, said, hey, if you wanted the O-line job's yours. Mm -hmm. So 
I was lucky enough for me, I was pretty much out of work for four days or five days, whatever wow. it was. Had a new job. Um, so I was at VMI for two years, then Lafayette College. Uh, and then after two years at Lafayette, Coach Lennon gave me the call, and I said, Coach, for you, I'll be there. So showed wow, up about a week awesome. later to be here with you guys. So, um, you know, here now trying to get things that's going. Right. You it's going to ring. No doubt. Well, that would yeah. be nice. It'd be nice to, to, you know, my naked, well, I have a wedding ring, but, you know, the right hand is naked. Yeah, yeah the right hand so. needs to be a little heavier next year. No doubt. No doubt. Carrying some diamonds and some clap for sure. Yeah, there we go. So, so um, you know, just kind of talking about the new, what the new tribe offense is going to look like. I know sure. a lot of people have heard that Coach, you know, Marion has moved on. He's mm-hmm. going to coach the receivers at Hawaii. Yep. And, you know, you're now the run game coordinator. So what, can you just tell the fans and the listeners, what is the new William & Mary offense going to look like? What are the changes going to be like, you know, as much as you can? Sure. Um, you know, we're still kind of figuring that out right now. Obviously, we got got uh, Christian Taylor here who's a former uh, member of the tribe. Um, really smart coach, good guy, uh, like what he has to say, knows his stuff, very meticulous, which I like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, detail is important to me. Um, and I guess for the fans or whoever who may be listening uh, to this, it's going to be similar. I mean, um, you know, you can call it what you want, fellas, right? But in the end, you know, outside zone is going to read like outside, outside zone, zone yep, no yeah. matter what you call it. Mm-hmm. Power's power. Um, toss crack is toss crack, right? So it's really about packaging it. Uh, Bill Lazor, a guy I used to work for who I think is a football genius, uh, he used to say all the time, there are no geniuses in football, okay? There's just guys who kind of know how to package it and call it at the right time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what it's going to be. It's about finding tendencies. It's about, you know, doing what we do best and putting our guys in a position to be successful. And if we can do that, um, it'll look great. If yeah. we can't, well, they'll probably find somebody else. And that's the nature <laughs> of the beast. Um, but the run game, maybe we could be under center more, but we're still going to go really fast. But I think we'll be a lot more multiple. We'll be able to be mm-hmm. able to do a lot more. Um because of some of the terminology and whatnot that we're going to change. But at the same time, it's going to also – the successful stuff is going to stay – is going to yeah. remain in. Uh, we may tweak some stuff in the past game. Uh, may tweak some stuff protection-wise, which, again, I'm good with because I don't run routes and yeah. neither do my guys. You know? So <laughs> I just got to block it up. So um, there's going to be a lot of similarities, but I think there's also going to be change for the good. And, and you know, changes – you know, change for the sake of change is not good, but sometimes change can be good as well. So yeah, sure. I don't think Definitely. anyone has anything to worry about. And the good news is, is we've got a lot of guys coming back on offense. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, in the end, you know, you teach concept- conceptually, no matter what you call it, they're going to know what to do. What hopefully. to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think maybe the biggest liability would be my housemate, Jack Armstrong, who got recently promoted oh, to the tight end. Sure, sure. How are you, you going to handle that amount of baggage in the coaching staff room? Oh, no. Jack, <laughs> yeah. You guys know Jack a little bit differently right. uh, than I do. And, you know, it's interesting because it, it's always tough, right? Like when I was when I was a GA my second year coaching the tight ends, um, there were some guys who were fourth and fifth year seniors like Coach Rossi, right. yeah. who I had played wow. with. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah, so you think about that. Really. Same thing with Jack, right? So the best advice I gave Jack, and this was even <clears> when he was a QC for us, and he did a great job, and Coach hired him because of that. Is it's like look, you? I just told him you got to find a way to distance yourself from those prior relations. You can still be friends with those guys, but they just got to personal life wise, everything else. You got to make them understand that you know you're now a coach. It's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think he did a great job of that. He's a very mature guy. He, he has a bigger beard than me, even though I'm much older <laughs> than him. That that's just the West Virginia. No doubt. That is, yeah, he, is. I, I always tell him he kind of he's still having like stress or some kind of trauma thing from when he was younger because he never got to be the mountaineer. <laughs> so he always has the beard. Um, um, but yeah, no, Jack's doing a great job. I'm excited to have him. Um, 
I've had to, for lack of a rip his butt a few times when he was a QC, which you guys I know have seen, <laughs> but um, it's all for the better because we've all been there and, you know, well-deserved by him, and I think he'll do a great job for us. Yeah. So. Well, you already got one thing going going better than Jack is Jack's actually the only episode of Jarrett and Jarrett that's been cut. Really? Yes. Yeah. He was really. actually a complete snooze He fest. was. He was, oh, a, he was a horrible guy. I could see that. I <laughs> yeah. could definitely see that. But, yeah, no, Jack's doing a great job. Um, you know, he may not be a uh, have the silver tongue, if you may, or yeah, I guess not. know how to keep the people <laughs> yeah, cheering. Yeah. But uh, he he definitely is a cure for insomnia, if nothing else. So he, he's got that going for him. Good <laughs> stuff. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, kind of transitioning to it. I know we just we touched on it a little bit ago, but you said that one year that you were just kind of a normal student as a grad student. You kind of got into mixed martial arts. You know, the whole UFC kind of deal. If you could just kind of talk about. You know, what was that like? You know, did you fight anybody? Did you have, like, were you competing or did you just learn? You know, just kind of elaborate on that. Sure. So, um, I would, I had always been in to, uh, mixed martial arts. Okay. Um, started watching it when I was still playing. Uh, they had this thing over in Japan called Pride FC, Pride Fighting Championship. Um, so you might have seen some of those guys in the UFC, like Minotaur Noguera was in there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderlei Silva, even Anderson Silva oh, started wow. there. Okay. So for a while, when, um, when UFC was almost bankrupt before the Fertitta brothers brought up, bought them, and maybe even after, really Pride was the main game. Yeah, so yeah. I would stay up. You know, some people might have been going out to bars and whatnot in Charlottesville. I was actually staying up till two in the morning, watching. I think at two on on Cartoon Network there was Justice League Unlimited. So I watched great show, show. Yeah, yeah. and then at two thirty um, they'd have an hour long Pride FC show, um, and I would watch that. So all the fights from overseas. Yeah. So I really started getting into it that way, and I always wanted to train it. So interesting little story here for you. The high school I worked at, there was a young man by the name of Billy McFarland. Okay, no, from the Firefest. Yeah, no way. Firefest, who actually was a played for me, and I would go into the wrestling room with him because he was big into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so you, we wait, would, you knew Billy? Oh, I know Billy really well. No it's way. Been, obviously, it's been a while since I talked. Oh to him. my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, but uh, so Billy and I used to roll, okay. you know, you know, Jiu-Jitsu and all that. And so when I got when I got back down to Charlottesville, I was so bored. Okay, that um, I just they had this place called the MMA Institute, um, and so I started training there. And then I needed some extra cash, so I, if you guys have ever been to Charlottesville, I was actually a bouncer at Boylan Heights, uh, right there on Fourteenth uh, Street. Uh, you know, Kevin Gerald would know he's uh, that's right, born yeah, and raised yeah. in Charlottesville and all that. But yeah, so um, basically, I would study, go to class, train in the afternoon, lift weights at some point, and then at night I would work for cash at uh, Boylan Heights. Wow. Uh, which was kind of funny, too, because, as you know, bouncing late at night, all the teams coming through. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And then four months later, I was their coach, coach. too. So <laughs> yeah. it was definitely a transition for me. Interesting dynamic. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so I started training there. Even when I became a GA, really got into it, enjoyed it. Be training two, three hours a night. Um, at first, I said, I'm only I'm only going to do jujitsu. I promised my mom, like, I'm not going to box, fight, do anything yeah. like that. Third day... Um, <laughs> rolling kid went for an arm bar on me and he clipped me with his uh, heel and i had to get six stitches in my eyebrow and it swelled, oh. swelled my eye shut right so uh that was definitely uh you know i had to give the call like look you know i know i said and i was not fighting anyone <laughs> yeah. but that's what happened so um continued to do it started doing all the facets of it muay thai boxing you name it i was doing it and actually had uh two scheduled fights in july um one guy got injured and then the next guy i was supposed to fight basically when he found that I was legitimately like six four and had to cut down to two sixty, oh, wow. it was amateur at the time. So uh-huh. he just said, "I'm good. I don't want to fight." So, so you're, I ended you're two up and oh. technically. Technically, I guess, that's right. right. By default, if you call a no contest, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but 
what ended up happening, I was very fortunate because you had to, just like any gym membership, you got to pay. Mm. Um, but I was such a valuable asset to them, I guess, or whatever. I was a good training partner. I guess I could take a punch that they actually let me come back for free all the time and just train with their professionals. Cause oh, wow. I was bigger than the lightweights, but I could move quick because yeah. I'm a division one athlete. And then the big guys actually had was quicker than them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, they could rough me around, do all that kind of stuff. I didn't mind and actually helped them. So had a lot of fun, met a lot of really cool people, but obviously once, you know, the season started as a GA, you know, when the, yeah, the yeah, vampire the hours start, yeah. couldn't really do it. And then just never kind of got back into it mm. after that because I had too much other stuff on my plate, obviously. So, but yeah, I've always been a huge fan and it's actually learning that stuff, still studying it has helped me a lot in terms of coaching, especially on the inside, yeah. uh, coaching the O-line and all that different techniques. Cause I'm a big believer in, you know, we can say we invented these things and whatnot, but the human body has been the same for what? 12, 8,000 years, whatever it yeah. may be. So these guys who figured out, the experts who figured out judo, figured out different kinds of kempo karate and all those things, I mean, yeah, we haven't changed. So, you know, there's there's merit in looking to see what they did. Yeah. Obviously, you can always improve it with improvements in science, but they did have some uh, good ideas, so things that we can use and how the body works. So always try to incorporate those things when I can, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. How, so, how much of your past life can you still uh, whip out right now? How, uh, in terms of what? In terms of your, your jujitsu, Muay Thai, boxing Oh, my moves. God. Um, I'm probably so out of shape. I'd have, like, <laughs> you know, I'd have to pull guard or something and try to catch him because I don't know how much I could actually grapple and, like, not just be sucking. So. But out of any other coaches on the staff, could you take Ooh, I would have point. a shot. I would have a shot. Okay. You know, um, we got some pretty big guys, we some do. pretty athletic guys <laughs> on the do. staff. You know, it'd be one of those things, like, there's some guys I would not want to stand with. Um, I would want to pull them into guard and not let them unload on me. And then there's other guys who I'd not want to yeah, yeah. grapple with because you may get smushed, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, so it'd be a, you know, man, it'd be a big strategy it would thing be, more it would so be. than anything else. That's right. So, oh, good stuff. Yeah. So, um, I, I know you just, I wasn't even planning on talking about this. So you trained with billy mcfarland or like i did for a little bit i knew billy well at the time because he played for me and um you know he played football at uva he, no he played football at the high school I oh at the at. high yeah, school yeah, okay yeah. Mm -hmm. wow that's how i know him because he grew up in nearly the same town as me and you know what's crazy about it all is just and i have not spoken with him in a long long yeah. time obviously but you know i had um no issues with billy but it's just really unfortunate how everything went out yeah I couldn't tell you the real story of yeah. all that stuff. You just see the documentary on Netflix or, yeah. you know, uh, I guess Hulu as well. And it's, it's just wild to see him. Wild. On. It's like, my God. That's one of the yeah. craziest documentaries I think I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's definitely it got some very uh, meme worthy type stuff. <laughs> it does. Out of it, it does yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, that guy, you know, he was our right tackle at one point. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so it's, uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, um, you know, you don't want that to happen to anybody For sure. in terms of what happened to them. But at the same time, I can remember him when he was just a kid, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, when you're in coaching long enough, unfortunately you do see things like that happen. Um, and that's kind of the reason why a lot of us do it is more so to try to be a change in someone's life for yeah. the better. Um, try to help them the best you can and, and, and get them on a path that uh, you hope is the best path for them to keep them out of trouble and be, I guess, a productive member of society yeah. and do something. So that's why you do it. Obviously, you love the game. But, you know, when, when stuff like that does happen, as funny as it kind of is, like 
when you're stepping back, it also does kind of just oh, kind of hits you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so true. So, yeah. um, but you know, you do what you can, and you, unfortunately, you can't help everybody or keep everybody out of trouble because yeah. you're with them for a finite amount of time. So. For sure. Yeah. Wow, really interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, um, yeah, we're just do a little UFC talk sure, now. Sure. So, uh, your favorite fighter is Nate Diaz. Am I correct in saying that? I, I would say the Diaz brothers. The Diaz person. brothers. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big Diaz brothers guy. Um, I am not an advocate of uh, their smoking of marijuana and things like that. <laughs> I would never be, so don't think uh -huh. I am. But um, I do really like the way they fight. Um, I think it's awesome just how they train. Uh, how they wear people out, take them to deep water, things like that. I was going to say, so I, a bit, really like I mean, obviously, I'm not as well-versed in mm -hmm. MMA, UFC. I just watch the fights. Mm -hmm. I don't really know the technique and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it seems like every single time Nate fights, I mean, he's just like a punching bag for three rounds. Yeah. And then he just kind of turns it on at the end and just kind of outconditions his opponents. Yeah, and that's the way he does it. I, I will say that, you know, some of the fights, that's the case. Others, he is really outclassed guys. Uh, I believe when he fought, it was Michael Johnson. He just, mm -hmm. I mean, he really couldn't touch him. Um, he just outboxed them. Anthony Pettis the same way. It's just yeah. both the Diaz brothers have so much. I guess it's you know Joe Rogan's talking about the scar tissue over the eyes, whatever that is. <laughs> they just they cut really easy. Yeah. So they may get dinged once and they're bleeding like a stuck pig. Yeah, for lack of yeah. A better term and you know um, obviously they just got to fight through it. So they kind of look worse for wear and also the way they fight. Um, yeah. They're willing to trade one for three. And yeah. Yeah. That's just how they do it. Um, but yeah, I, I I've always enjoyed those guys. Um, I, you know, even when uh, Nick was in, I guess, not, Nick has fought in Pride. He's fought in uh, back when Elite XC was there for a while and Kimbo Slice and uh, Strike Force as well. He's had some unbelievable fights that people may not have seen, but just, gosh, taking shots and um, just throwing himself into the fire. Yeah. Um, you, you just got to respect it. And I love I love the way uh, they, they, they both do it. And it's a shame that, you know, uh, obviously Nate's back, but it's a shame that Nick doesn't fight anymore. But I don't think he wants to, so, hey, good for yeah. him, you know. Yeah. But I definitely would love to see him fight, but you don't want to see him get hurt either, so. For sure. So if you were to incorporate a style, if you did mm -hmm. end up scheduling a fight and going, and the opponent was man enough to go through with it mm -hmm. uh, against you, do you think you'd try to end it quick? Like, or would, or would you try to wear him out? Or how, how would, how would yeah, you what do it? I think a lot of it would depend on what kind of shape I'm in. And I think a lot of it would depend on what kind of fighter that person was. Um, it's it's a it's a duplicate version of you, so a handsome six four two sixty man. Well, then that's not you know I'm on the radio for a reason. <laughs> you know, we'd be on TV if we had the looks. Right? Uh, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think it'd be one of those things like when I used to train with guys, you know, there's certain guys who, um, you know, it's a very humbling sport, right? So I would spar with a guy who had been boxing since he was ten years old. And I had taken up the sport for less than a year. Yeah. And I mean, you just tasted one of those and it was oh so my. quick you didn't see it. So it's like, okay, we're going to the ground or I'm going to push right. this thing mm -hmm. into the cage. Um, I always felt my best attribute was putting a, if you guys, you may be too young to remember the name, but more of a Randy Kotorish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen highlights. Um, yeah. Dirty boxing, put him in the cage, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Because really, let's be honest, that's the closest thing to O line play. It is. You yeah. can get that short area um, work and whatnot. And so I felt like that was where my bread and butter was because I may not have boxed for more than a year, but I had done that kind of stuff for years. Right. Yeah. So and I was stronger than most people just because of what I'd done. You know, obviously, you know, weight room, powerlifting, power cleaning, squatting, mm -hmm. those kind of things, which most regular people hadn't done. Oh, so yeah. it, if it got to a bad moment, that's where I would take the fight. I would have to. Uh, I would go back to what I knew best. Um you know, 
in the same token, you know, you talk about a humbling sport, and this is a true story. One day we're jujitsu class, and I've been kind of submitting some people. Oh, this is easy. You know, I'm a natural at it. And this guy shows up, who's <laughs> like in his 40s, right, like a landscaper or something. Yeah. Oh my god. But he wrestled since he was five years old mm-hmm. in high school. So I mean, within two seconds, this guy had me like in a. Um, he was on top of me and had both of his feet hooked like under my knees. Like mm-hmm. I guess they call it a grapevine. And it was like a three-minute grappling session. Then we were going to switch. I couldn't get out. Like, no matter oh what I God. did, he just – there was, and he wasn't submitting me either. But I, there was just a position I could not move. Couldn't move. And so after that, it was like, you know, I really need to start training my wrestling more <laughs> or else I'm going to be in big trouble. Yeah. So point being is if I were to go against a guy who I knew had a background in wrestling, yeah, I'm not going on the ground yeah, with this yeah, guy. Because he'll just up, lay yeah. on me and I'm never getting up. Yeah. Um, which you see happen a lot yeah. with these guys who come in who are – you know, kickboxers and you don't see it as much anymore, obviously because everyone's become more rounded. But back in the day when guys like Matt Hughes and uh, wrestlers like that were King, I mean, they were just such great wrestlers. They'd get you down and you couldn't get up and they'd hammer away on you. And then you go to round two, same thing would happen. And you know, the guys like Chuck Liddell who could do both and strike, then they kind of made it more of a stand up game because you couldn't take them down. Yeah. And that's where they would kind of take you to where you didn't want to be if you were a wrestler and knock you out. Yeah. So, what's well, kind of like Khabib style then right now? Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's submitting everybody. Yeah, and and that's the thing with Khabib. He's kind of and I don't want to say an enigma, but just an anomaly because, I mean, he can strike and he's getting better at striking, but he is such a high level wrestler and grappler that nobody can deal nobody with can him. Touch him yeah. And you look at the uh, McGregor fight. You know, he just faked the takedown. McGregor put his hands down and whack. That shot came over right, the top yeah. and it changed everything. Um, and you know, and all that grappling training goes out the window when you got a guy who was wrestling bears. Yeah, when like he nine was years like, old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a different animal. A different animal. You know, oh, I trained it for six months to get ready. I mean, that guy was in the yeah. mountains doing that thing when he was five. Diapers, yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, he's definitely different. But I, you know, my goodness, what a fighter he is too. Yeah, Jesus. Where would you rank him of all time? Oh man, um, he's got to be up there, right? Uh, the issue I have with the all-time is, I mean, let's be honest. Even though he's one fifty-five, if he were to ever fight Daniel Cormier, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not even close. It, the pound-for-pound yeah. stuff's tough to me. But yeah. in terms of one fifty-five, I mean, honestly, I don't think the way the the game has evolved, I don't think he's probably the best for sure at one fifty-five yeah. ever. I think because no matter what the era was, wrestling things like that. I mean, he's this is the era of more striking, and mm-hmm. no no yeah. striker can beat him either. Yeah. Tony Ferguson will be interesting. Mm-hmm. to see how that goes that's in april right i believe so yeah, i believe yeah. so i haven't been keeping up on the dates as much as i used to yeah. but um certainly that that one will be a big test for him and then obviously mcgregor's chirping wanting another yeah. shot and we'll see yeah what, what is your take on that do you think you think mcgregor is gonna is he gonna have another fight against like a, a masvidal or, or even a, a nate diaz trilogy fight or is he gonna go right back to khabib uh, you know i think I think he'll take one more big money fight mm-hmm. before he goes against Khabib. I think, you know, I think McGregor's a great fighter, but I also think he's the best mind for business that there is. He could have been in late eighties, early seventies, or I should say, you know, early eighties, late seventies, whatever it was pro wrestler, the way he can sell a fight, yeah, get yeah. on the mic <laughs> yeah. and do all this. And, and that's what it takes yeah. to make money. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think he's an unbelievable fighter, but I also think that, uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be ready for Khabib. Khabib, yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, if he dedicates himself to it, but I definitely think he lost his focus for a while. He did, yeah. Um, you know, 
whether it was the Diaz fight or even the Khabib fight. And now they say he's back, but we'll see. You know, they used to say Chuck Liddell's back. He's got yeah. that look in his eye and then pff, out cold, you know, because yeah. eventually it just gets away from him. It does. You know? Yeah. And uh, in the case with him, with Connor, is, you know, now that if he wants to fight at 170, that is a lot of power. Oh, yeah. That you're, you know, when Nate, when Nate Diaz hit him with that, I guess it goes a straight right in that fight, as much as he kept clipping him. I mean, it was just, I mean, you just yeah. saw like the computer turn off, you yeah. know, and that's just a different animal when that kind of extra force hits you, especially a guy like Masvidal, oh put gosh. your lights out, Ooh. Ooh. you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Very, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to go into trifectas? Yep. Trifectas. All right, All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going into trifectas. We are comparing tribe football players to former and present UFC fighters. Yeah. So Jared, you can take it off first and then coach Samus Ooh. will go to you and then me. Okay, so for my first one, I'm going to take Coach Carter, and his comparison is Derek Lewis. See, that was my first one. Oh, oh really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, great well, I, I even have the um, you know, the the quote here that just you know makes it for me. And this is obviously you know Derek Lewis being interviewed. That's right. I mean, it's just I, I just picture Coach Carr saying something reckless like that after he wins a fight. You know, I mean, he's a big I would, guy. I would never say something in like that about Coach Carter. So my up next. You're up next. You're up next. All right, I gotta go with uh, the big man himself, Dan Evers. Oh, and his okay. comparison is uh, back in the day, but one Tank Abbott. I don't the even king know who of the that one is. punch knockout. Look oh my up, god, that makes perfect sense. Like Dan Evers, that's a big dude right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. All right, my my first one is gonna be um, uh, Bronson Yoder for Chuck Liddell. Mm. Ooh, yeah. See. That's uh, you were saying yeah. before, very well-rounded fighter. Yeah, go on the ground, stride, go in the cage. Just kind of like the jack of all trades. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Bronson, offense, defense, special teams, very well-rounded player. That's true. Does it all. All right, you got it. You got oh, oh, back to me. Yeah. Yep. Okay, gotcha. yeah. Okay, and then next we got. Corey Ryder mm. for uh, Brock Lesnar. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jared for helping with this one. That's right. But man. they just, I, yeah, I, I looked it up. They're the spitting image of each other. They it's, really it's are. actually insane. Yeah. All right. I got to go next. I'm going to keep it in the O-line room. I guess keep it within the family. I'm going to go Ryan Ripley. Ooh. Okay. And I'm going to go with Diego the Dream or the Nightmare Sanchez. Oh, Have you ever seen the walkout? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Screaming yes the whole oh, way down. Oh, that's I epic. It's a, it's a very fitting. <laughs> that's epic. All right, so for my second pick, I'm going to take Termite, mm. you know, Zach Juan, uh, as DC, Daniel Cormier. And I think just one. the um, – they're both kind of, you know, short and stocky, you know, not uh, not the most vocal person, you know, not, not a lot of trash talk, but just, you know, going to put their head down and get to work and, and get it done. I mean, he was the heavyweight champ for a while. So, yeah. And that's right. Then I, my third pick, I'm going to do um, Coach Deuce, um, mm. you know, Coach London Jr. as Dana White. He's just, you know, he's the hype man. He's yeah. all the energy at practice. Look, he's looking to scrap. Looking to scrap. Yeah. I mean, he's fighting, you know, getting, you know, like encouraging yeah. all the, you know, he, the stuff yeah, in practice. He, he loves instigating and it. Instigating yeah. it all, you know, between offense, defense. So he's just, he's he would be the Dana White. But he, at the end of the day, it makes money. That's right. That's right. Gotcha. I think the last one, I had to think of this one. Uh, on the quick here, but I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Tedeschi. Oh. And uh, I'm going to compare him to Mirko Krokop, the Croatian oh, okay, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. death stare. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like you told Vanderlei Silva, uh, what was it, I believe, right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's epic. That's so epic. That, you guys put that picture up the one day in the meeting, and that's what it yeah. reminds me of. <laughs> that, that stare he gave Vanderlei Silva just before the fight. Oh, yeah. that's good. Beautiful. 
Good stuff. All right, we're going to finish it up. This one's a little bit of a twist, but I'm going to go uh, one of your former former ones, uh, Augie O'Connell, as modern-day Joe Rogan. Joe <laughs> the, the podcast Joe Rogan. The podcast Joe Rogan. Just, always, always has a comment to say. Uh, he always has something to sure say. Has. And, you know, Augie, he likes to think of himself. Like, Joe is actually an intelligent man. And Augie, you know, he likes to think of himself as an intelligent man. He has all these takes, all these philosophical type of it's true type of inquiries he has to other people, and unlike Joe, Augie comes out as the laughing stock. That's yeah. <laughs> well, Joe Rogan is a comedian. Oh, so, that is yeah, so he is a comedian. Like That's very true. Yeah. Don't forget that about a good old Augie. Okay. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, this is a good time, Coach. Really appreciate having you. This on. is it. This was easy. This is yeah, it. How yeah, long have it. we been on? What it like? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty eight. Twenty seven. Not yeah. not to get too much into it, but how long are your guys' podcast typically? Uh, shortest it, ones maybe fifteen. Yeah. Longest okay. ones maybe 40, 40, 45. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we're right at, we're right we're, in the median. We're, we're, right, we're, right, we're right on the average. Yeah. This is a perfect awesome. episode. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as long as we're done, fellas, you know, I can talk all night, but. uh you know, I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, you know, I appreciate Coach London for letting me come on of as well. Of course, well, he's been, <laughs> yeah. he's been a guest. Yeah, as well. that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you know, just trying to, you know, we've been here a year total now, I guess, and just spreading who we are, you know, what that's we're right. about, faith, family, football, the whole deal, and um, you know, just trying to set this culture as you guys know the way we want it to go, doing things the right way, and um, you know, just putting the people in the right places to get it done. So. You know, yes, obviously, it's always good to see you guys. I don't know if I helped you. This may be the lowest rated one ever. Oh, no, 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 I don't think it will be. There was a lot of buzz around the locker room. Yes. Oh, today. oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, they, they, I'm sure they expected it to be like one of my film reviewing sessions. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't that. But, uh, well, I've sat in one of those. Those, can, those are, those are uh, funny. Yeah, it's it, you <laughs> know, pretty it's, funny. It's a comedic roast. And as I like I say to them, it's, you know, when, when I'm roasting somebody else, okay, it's all, oh, it's all fun, you know. But... They kind of know that Sauron's eye is about to come, yeah. <laughs> come again, and, 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 and they may get it next. And yeah. that's what they forget. But the funny thing is, you watch, and this is the same thing when I was a player. You know, you know when you messed up in practice, and it's just please God, hopefully time runs out so he doesn't yeah, get to me. Right. But little do they know, you know, we can take certain plays out to make sure we get to the points <laughs> we need to. Right? Been so, there. I've had that feeling before. That's yeah. for sure. So you know, it's one of those. That, that's the bad thing about afternoon practice because from whenever practice ends, right, let's say 6.30, yeah. you're thinking about This is how I was. Until you're meetings. thinking about it until meetings the next day at whatever, yep. what, 2.15, and oh, God, please, you know. So, yeah, that's exactly how it is. It's what it is, boys, it as is. you know, and, you know, it's it's nothing personal. Nope. Uh, you may think it is, but it's not. And uh, just trying to get everybody right. better, you know, may screw up and win a couple games, win a championship. There right? we go. So that's that's go. the plan anyway. Yep. So. All right, Coach. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime, Beth, fellas. Anytime. Awesome.